Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 1002, and we're looking at Mark chapter 15, verses 22 through 32. Let's read the passage. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Then they crucified him and divided his clothes, casting lots for them to decide what each would get. Now it was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge written against him was the king of the Jews. They crucified two criminals with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, Ha! The one who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days? Save yourself by coming down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes were mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross, so we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him taunted him. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark's providing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, and we're now in the final day of Jesus' life. Thursday night, they had gathered for the Passover meal, the Last Supper. They went to the Garden of Gethsemane for a time of prayer, and that's where Jesus was arrested. He was brought to the high priest, then the whole Sanhedrin. They declared him to be a blasphemer, that he needed to die. So they sent him to Pilate and said that he claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate wanted to release him because he saw that it was all a bunch of jealousy on the part of the religious leaders, but the crowd forced his hand and forced him to release Barabbas instead of Jesus. So Pilate ordered Jesus to be flogged and crucified. He was beaten, severely flogged, nearly to death, and then taken inside and mocked by the Roman soldiers. Then he was forced to carry the crossbeam for the cross, but couldn't make it all the way, and they impressed a man named Simon to complete the journey carrying the cross to the place of execution. So we pick it up now in Mark 15, verse 22. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. Golgotha is Aramaic. It means place of the skull. Calvary is a Latin word comes from the Latin word for skull. So that's why sometimes it's referred to as Calvary. That's from Latin, where Golgotha is from the Aramaic. Verse 23, they tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Now Mark doesn't define who they is. Who tried to give him this wine mixed with myrrh? Well, some old manuscripts suggest that some of the leading women of Jerusalem took it upon themselves to make this mixture of wine with myrrh. And it's known to have narcotic effects. And they would try to give that to people who were being executed as a form of mercy to help deaden the senses as a narcotic. But he did not take it. And the idea here is not so he could experience the full degree of pain, but remain in control of his senses remain in complete control. Verse 24, Then they crucified him and divided his clothes, casting lots for them to decide what each would get. Mark doesn't go into elaborate description of crucifixion. 
everybody reading his gospel knew what crucifixion was. They knew exactly what crucifixion was. There was no reason to describe it. Mark doesn't go into a lot of detail about the Jesus's suffering because with Mark, it's not so much the suffering that Jesus went through, but what his death on the cross accomplished. So he's not just looking at telling a sad story about poor Jesus hung on a cross to die, but Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, dying to provide salvation for all who would come to him in faith. So they, ones who crucified him, are the Roman soldiers. And they, part of their benefits of this kind of detail is they get to divide the belongings of the condemned man among themselves. And so they cast lots, roll dice, pick short a stick, something like that, decide who gets what. This is we see in Psalm twenty-two, eighteen about dividing my clothes. Verse 25, now it was nine in the morning when they crucified him. Literally, it's the third hour. And Jewish reckoning was you started the count at sunrise. So this would be three hours after sunrise, sunrise nominally 6 a.m., so about 9 a.m., Verse 26, the inscription of the charge written against him was the king of the Jews. Now, John's gospel says that Pilate ordered this inscription on this placard, which had the charges, and it said king of the Jews. And the religious leaders objected, said, no, 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 don't don't say that. Just say he claimed to be the king of the Jews. And Pilate said, well, I've written what I've written. That's the way it's going to be. And so it's mocking Jesus, but it's also mocking the religious leaders. Verse 27, they crucified two criminals with him, one on his right and one on his left. Interesting, this is the positions that James and John wanted to be on the right and left of Jesus. So now it's two criminals on his right and his left. Now, the word gets translated criminals just means that. It often is translated as robbers. But Josephus, in his history, always uses this word to refer to rebels or insurrectionists. So just being a criminal wouldn't necessarily call for the death penalty, but being involved in some kind of insurrection would warrant the death penalty. And perhaps that's what these guys with Jesus were, Rebels involved in some kind of uprising. Verse 29, those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, Ha, the one who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself by coming down from the cross. So here's passers-by mocking him. He's already been mocked several times already. And now it's just anybody randomly passing by is mocking him. Now, yelling insults. This is actually the verb form of the noun blasphemy. So interesting, the one who's falsely charged with blasphemy is being blasphemed here. And this taunt, save yourself by coming down from the cross. Well, had he actually saved himself, and he was fully capable of doing that, then he would not have actually accomplished the salvation of others. So by not saving himself, he is now saving others. Verse 31, in the same way, the chief priests with the scribes were mocking him among themselves, saying he saved others. 
but he cannot save himself. There, they're using the word saved with respect to he healed others. They never denied he was a miracle worker, a miracle healer. And so, yes, he saved others. He rescued them from the distress they were in, but he cannot save himself. But actually, it's bigger than that. He didn't just save others physically, but he is now in the process of saving others spiritually. Verse 32, let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross so that we may see and believe. So their challenge to him is prove to us you are the Messiah. You are the King of Israel. You prove it. You come down off that cross, we'll believe you then. But I would hazard a guess that even had he done that, they still would not have believed. Then the end of verse 32, even those who were crucified with him taunted him. So he's been mocked by the soldiers. He's been mocked by passers-by. He's been mocked by the religious leaders. Now he's even being mocked by the criminals being executed alongside him. And this just goes to show how Jesus is now absolutely alone and forsaken. There is a positive point we'll see later on that some of the women are actually standing by watching. They didn't abandon him. There's not a big detailed explanation of crucifixion. Like I said, everybody knows what it is. Crucifixion is a particularly brutal form of execution. And it was purposely intended to be that. The Romans didn't invent it, but when they saw it, they adopted it because the whole point here is to inflict a little bit of degree of terror into the populace of this is what happens to people who cross the Roman government. And so it's meant to keep people in line. So it is very public. It is very brutal. It is very humiliating. You're stripped naked and then flogged. And then in some sensibilities to Jewish customs, they're allowed to put the clothes back on the person that they walk through town until they get to the place of execution. They're stripped naked again and hung on this cross. And they're either tied to it or nailed to it. The indications in the Gospels are that Jesus was nailed to his cross. And we often think of being way up in the air on a cross. Generally, you don't have to be a few inches off the ground. Points just so your feet can't touch the ground, so you're hanging on the cross. Seems that Jesus was a little bit higher because in next time we'll see that when Jesus was trying to speak, one of the soldiers got a sponge with some wine on it and put it on a stick to reach up to give Jesus a drink so they could hear him speak. So the stick was necessary because you couldn't reach it. You'd probably be able to reach the head of a person on a cross normally because they're only a few inches off the ground. But they would elevate, have a taller cross for people who were more publicly being executed. And Jesus was being publicly executed. Now, it wasn't like they needed a 10-foot pole to reach up. It was probably something just out of arm's reach. So they just needed a few more inches of reach to, to get up to his mouth. But you're hanging by your arms, and you are trying to support yourself best you can with your feet, but if your feet are nailed to the cross, it's pretty hard to do. There's something of a 
seat on the cross, but by being hung by your arms, you, it's very hard to breathe. You have to lift yourself up some to be able to take a breath. People were known to last days on the cross and die a slow, agonizing, public, humiliating death. Now, if wanted to hurry it up, in which case they were doing that here because of the approaching Sabbath, you can break their legs so they can no longer push themselves up to get a breath, and then they slowly suffocate. So it's a brutal form of execution, very purposely so. As an example to others, it was forbidden to crucify Roman citizens. So we leave it here with Jesus alone on the cross, and come back next time and see actually his death. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.